Hello and welcome to another Commodity Conversations episode. I'm Olivia Agar and joined again today by Robert Herman for this week's recap on what's happening in agricultural markets and the backstory behind it. A lot's happened since we last caught up. We've had a return to lockdowns and more outbreaks in Melbourne, uh, which have cast a bit of a shadow over the hopes for the food sector and restaurants getting back into the swing of things. And that, of course, will have a play-on effect into meat and livestock markets going forward. The wool market's also on recess at the moment after ending on a positive note in the last few weeks. So we don't have any wool market to talk to this week. But I do want to chat to Rob about today is the analysis piece on Mercado by Angus Brown this week, which was on the fight for acres and not the fight for acres between cropping and sheep that we often talk about here, but between meat, sheep and wool. And now I don't want to give too much away, Rob, but you've been around long enough to see some of these changes play out over time. Can you give us a bit of a background to kick off on how these enterprises have moved over the long term? Yes, thanks, Liv, and um, and and thanks for having me along again. Um, I think um, over the years we've seen this um, this uh, conflict, if you like, between whether people are going to mate their uh, ewes to prime lambs or to produce prime lambs, or whether they're going to continue to produce wool sheep out of their merino. So it doesn't impact on the sheep that are crossbreds. It's that swinging amount of ewes that could be joined either way. And Angus's analysis really put some numbers around it and, and underpinned what we've been observing. And that is really that when uh, wool prices are very strong, and, and he looked at the ratio between wool prices and the Eastern States Trade Lamb Indicator, then the following year we have a, a, an uplift in merino lambs that are mated, or merino ewes that are mated and lambs that are dropped on the ground, obviously, and the reverse applies. And so just looking at a couple of years that have just gone past, so in 2014 we had a pretty strong wool market and the, uh, in the year prior and we had an increase in percentage of merino lambs the following year. Uh, in 2015, 2017, you know, the opposite applied and we had an increase in what uh, Abares calls other lambs and uh, and that reflected the fact that people were looking to try and uh, um, supplement their wool clips by producing a few prime lambs out of the merino use. And of course in 2018 we had the wool market really um, bubbling along quite strongly and we saw an increase in merino lambs. Now it's worth noting, Liv, that... Um, it's not going to impact on the lambs that are there for this year. The lambs there for this year obviously have been mated earlier. They're being, you know, most of them are on the ground now. Um, it's what happens next year if we see this um, difference in the markets continue. So, so what does that mean for, for now where we're seeing wool prices back at levels, I think they're around 2014-15 levels that we saw and, and lamb prices are still historically strong, although they've fallen a bit in the last few weeks. So where does that leave us for, for next year? Well, you're right to say that um, lamb prices have fallen a bit in the last few weeks, although you know, this week just gone has been a pretty good week, and that and you'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But uh, the problem for, I guess, um, maintaining the merino flock is that the wool prices really fell out of bed. And if that if that continues for the rest of the year, then those farmers who are making um, mating intentions, so what rams are they going to put out with their ewes next year, will be influenced by the fact that they'll say, look, we need to get a few more lambs on the ground because our wool income is going to be less next year because the wool market is down and um, 
and we'll, we'll supplement that by having a few prime lambs. And it happens without too much uh, impact on the flock, on, on a farmer's merino flock. He can join one age group of ewes to a, a prime lamb and still maintain long-term his merino flock breeding program. The other thing that Angus pointed out was that... Um, in the past, it's been more obvious, this trend or these, this switching around in Victoria than New South Wales, and, and that's just a statistical fact. But this time it might be different, and I know whenever we say that, whenever people say that, they roll their eyes and saying this time it's different, but we've now got New South Wales that has been really severely impacted by drought over a period of time. The numbers of sheep in New South Wales are very low. So the recovery in the flock is going to be... Um, uh, more difficult and that means that there may be even less percentage of ewes mated to merinos this coming year than what would have been happening in a normal occurrence so we, we could see the merino flock as a percentage of new south wales flock decline even further yeah, I suppose if you're starting from a lower base, if you're going to make changes, then that's the time to do it. Then if you've got your full flock up at capacity. Yeah, that's right, Liv. But um, I'm sure probably worth talking about the lamb market now because um, we're in the what's almost the depths of winter supply, but there are a few other factors that are kicking in as well. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the last few weeks, the lamb market really took a pounding on the East Coast and prices fell fell highly because process was, was so booked up and weren't wanting to put on any more shifts. And also that heavy lamb demand fallen from our export market picture pulling the market down. But this week, things did turn around, fortunately. So we had really low yardings for the week before last. Um, both sheep and lamb on the East Coast were down by around... 30% week on week and, and when we're looking at sheep yardings year on year that was 63% below the same week last year which is a massive drop compared to then so throughput at yards is really low and, and prices in the east coast because they had fallen so far on previous weeks they were at much more attractive levels and then we did have a, a good bit of rain throughout inland New South Wales in Victoria over the last week. So it did stem much more interest in the market this week. And we saw uh, prices right across all categories of lamb on the East Coast bounce back up a bit. Um, it was a different story on the West Coast, though. And we, we do know WA does act a bit independently from, from the rest of the market. But they were holding prices pretty steadily while the East Coast was plummeting and and this week we've seen a bit of a switch around really, or maybe it's a lag, but heavy land prices over in WA lost huge amounts this week and, and that's pulled down the whole market over in WA. So Liv, um, that, talking about the supply again, there's also been another impact on um, meatworks has been that you know some meatworks are now struggling to stay open and some have even uh, had to shut down briefly because of um, COVID-19 outbreaks. Have, have, I'm guessing that given that we're at really low supply, it's not having a big impact. Yeah, it shouldn't do. There's four uh, meatworks now in Victoria that have recorded employees that have tested positive for COVID and I think there were two on last check that have closed down now and we're not sure what's happening with the others, but we may see that happen more and more across Victoria. And it is fortunate that this is the low time in the season. So there's not the huge impact that could be if we're in peak time of the year. And 
but we'll just have to look out over the next few weeks to see how that impacts yards at, um, in Victoria. So, I mean, that's that's sort of a, a really interesting story for Lamb, and it's funny, in the business we're in, we like to see things happening, so we've got something to talk about, but at the moment it just seems to be there's so much on the go. What about cattle? What was happening there this week? Yeah, the cattle market eased slightly this week, Rob. Uh, the Eki was down just a few cents on the week prior, Medium steers were the worst performer. They lost around 20 cents, but heavy steers were still getting plenty of support at their recent levels, so tracked sideways on the week. There was a bit of a lift in yardings in Queensland, which would have driven those softer prices. And I suppose also the, the, a bit of impact of the closed meatworks. Yeah, possibly as well, yep. Okay, well, um, that's a pretty good summary of the meat job. Is there anything else that you wanted to throw in before we um, sign off, Liv? Oh, that's about it from me, Rob. Um, yeah, thank you to all our listeners for tuning in for another Commodity Conversations episode. We hope you're staying safe and well in these times and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks for joining me, Rob. Thanks, Liv. Bye.